Today's Jeep Talk Show is sponsored in part by Tom Woods Custom Drive Shafts. For over 20 years, Tom Woods has been providing the off-road industry with some of the strongest, most durable driveline upgrades there are. So if you're in the need for the world's best under your Jeep, well, stay tuned later in the show to find out how you can get 10% off of your order between now and the end of May. Until then, head over to 4xshaft.com to start upgrading your ride now. Oh, and check out that purchase when it arrives for a bright, shiny new Jeep Talk Show sticker. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show with G-Mama, Josh, and Tony. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Uh, Tony, seems a little quiet in here this week. Just me? Well, Josh, that's because Tammy, once again... It's out making you look bad. Ah, <laughs> come on. Is she out wheeling again? Well, she's sleeping right now, but that's what she's going to be doing this weekend. <laughs> so, Josh, Tammy is going to officially be representing us at the 2018 Urari Spring Invasion. Uh, but legally, she's going out there to keep an eye on Nikki G. <laughs> yeah. I knew it. <laughs> yes. Yes, both Tammy and Nikki G together in one place for the first time, so far as we know. Oh, and Brian from Route 16 will be out there as well. Make sure you visit the uh, Route 16 tent. I think there's going to be a tent. Brian, is there going to be a tent? I think there's going to be a tent. Well, thank God at least he's going to be out there. Somebody can play lifeguard. <laughs> Hopefully he's armed. <laughs> Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is, of course, brought to you by Amazon.com. If spring fever is starting to kick in and you're looking for a little escape, well, consider finding your relief by helping out the Jeep Talk Show. All you have to do is go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon and find that gas-powered margarita blender or the perfect trailer hitch barbecue. Anything you buy, really, using that link will have a small percentage donated to the Jeep Talk Show. For the perfect bacon salt to go with those brand new Jeep board shorts, remember, jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. And thanks in advance. Well, let's take a quick look at the numbers. Now, it's a new month, and I know that means that we can take a look back in how Jeep has been doing over the last 30 days or so. And to be honest, well, the numbers are pretty impressive. Sales of the Jeep Wrangler set an all-time record for the second consecutive month and are up 42% through April while the company was ramping up production of the new JL model and winding down production of the previous JK model, boosting availability well above where it has been historically. What I mean by that is that, well, with basically two production lines going for one model, more or less, Jeep has been figuratively flooding the market with new Wranglers. Now, although JK production ended last week, FCA reports a 63-day supply of unsold Wranglers on hand nationwide. Might be a good time to head to the dealership and work out a deal. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I, I don't know if you know, Josh. I know lots of our uh, listeners out there know because they've joined, but we've started a, uh, a Jeep group. Uh, a Facebook Jeep group called uh, Jeep Talk Show. I, I don't know where I come up with the names. It's, it's just uncanny. Uh, but uh, we have uh, one of the, the members of this group, the Jeep Talk Show group on Facebook, is uh, mm -hmm. Vic Jeeper. And he posted today, <laughs> he said, holy crap, the Jeep Wrangler is nearly outselling the Toyota Camry. 
Can you wow. believe it's it's that an article? Awesome. Yeah, it's an article that he posted up, and uh, I think it is just absolutely wonderful uh, that it is uh, doing so well. I think that the JL is a, a just by the looks of it and what we've been reporting here, uh, it looks like it's a very well designed, honest to goodness Jeep. Well, actually, we're going to get into that right now because it is, in fact, basically the end of an era. There's always a bit of mixed emotions when it comes to the passing of the torch from an old model line to the new, as we just mentioned. A mix of trepidation and nostalgia, maybe mixed with a little apprehension and a touch of curiosity. There's never been That's never been more true than right now, as last week we've said goodbye to the first truly modern, easy-to-live-with Jeep Wrangler. Last Friday, the very last Jeep Wrangler JK rolled off the Toledo assembly line. This particular Jeep caps the JK Wrangler production at an incredible 2,165,678 units since it debuted back in 2006. Impressive numbers, to say the least, I know. Now, and since I know, also know that Tony is over there twitching and trying to get NASA to realign satellites as we speak to get a look at the color of this very last JK, I'm happy to report that it was not red. It was actually a white, unlimited Rubicon model, and will literally never see its like again. Now, normally the transition of one generation of a product to another very similar generation wouldn't be all that newsworthy, but in the case of the Jeep JK, well, it is. Now, I don't have to tell you guys that people love their Jeeps, and that is proven time and time again at countless gatherings and events all around the world year after year. Now, we Jeepers are an industrious and passionate bunch. That is, well, goes without saying. And in the past, that meant making some sacrifices for the sake of owning a vehicle like a Jeep Wrangler, particularly if it was to be used as an everyday driver. The Wrangler was never very large, nor did it have much of a backseat or storage for that matter either. So for families, it was a challenge to use as a normal everyday vehicle. Well, back in the early days of the Wrangler, most families had to either be super hardcore or trade up to a Cherokee to get the room. Now, the Jeep Wrangler also had a reputation for a spine-ruining ride, one designed to be amazingly capable off-road, but had little consideration for the pavement in between trails. All that changed with the launch of the JK Series Wrangler in 2006. Now sure, the TJ was a vast improvement over the YJ back then, but the JK was the pinnacle of Jeep engineering at the time of its debut. In addition to being more modern looking, it had a real interior that you could spend time in without hating life. And the ride got better, though to be fair, it was never going to be a Cadillac. And more importantly, the Wrangler JKU got four real doors and actual back seats. The JK asked for very little in terms of compromise, and that's the chief reason it became so important. That was never more prevalent than in the aftermarket industry. Companies around the world also embraced the JK in a way that made making your Jeep unlike everybody else's Jeep very simple, if not inexpensive. All of a sudden, it was easy to fit light bars, burly armor, never-before-seen bumpers, and a gigantic set of tires without having to develop any fabrication skills. Now we're seeing JK-based overland adventure vehicles, crazy rock crawlers, and desert racers right alongside the grocery-getting daily drivers. Well, will the new JL Wrangler be as widely adopted, loved, and accepted as the JK was? I know Jeep sure hope so. And honestly, from what we've seen so far here at the Jeep Talk Show, I think the rest of us do too. And with the planned diversity in powertrain options, body styles, and the largest line of factory accessories that any vehicle has ever seen, well, the odds are pretty good that it will. The countless reviews flooding the interwebs are to be believed, well, the JL just might be the best Wrangler ever built. What do you guys think? 
I think they've done a really good job with the uh, with the the insides. Uh, I think the the JK was a little more uh, a little too civilized, uh, and I think that the the JL is a more of a mix between uh, civilization and uh, the the real jeeper. <laughs> the not There's civilized. There's definitely <laughs> definitely a lot of aspects of utility design. Yes. in in a lot of what we see in the new JL. Uh, from some of the styling cues to just the the basic ergonomics of how the interior is laid out. And you're right, the interior is by far, I think, one of the most standout features of the new JL. Just the the advancements and the changes that they've made really are a far leap from what the JK was. Not to diss the JK or put, you know, bad talk about it or anything like that, but I really do like the JL a lot more than I like the JK. Yeah, the uh, the there's nothing wrong with the JK. It's just like I said, I think that um, for my tastes... Uh, it was a little too too refined inside. It it looked well. More, there's no accounting for taste. Then we're moving. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it it just um, it didn't feel uh, jeepy to me. Now, if it was your first Jeep, certainly it, it it's exactly what you think uh, a Jeep should be, and I certainly understand and respect that. Uh, I, I've I've learned the same thing with my first Jeep, which was the Cherokee. Uh, oh, and I thought I'd mention this, uh, Josh. I did see uh, that uh, 2.1 million. JKs were manufactured from uh, what was it 2007 to 2018. Uh, I, I just want to make sure that everybody's aware that there was 2.7 million XJs created. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> good numbers, buddy. Good numbers. I like it. Well, hey, if you guys have a news tip or response to any one of our stories, well, be sure to let us know by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. You most certainly are, you lucky listener, you. And if you didn't already know, well, the 4x4 Radio Network is a conglomeration of a bunch of off-road podcasts. You can find us there. You can find the 4x4 podcast there, the Center Steer podcast, the Trail Chasers podcast, and our newest member, the On the Trail podcast. If you like off-road, then you're going to love the 4x4 Radio Network. Just head over to 4x4radionetwork.com today. I got, remembering back and uh, remembering how I was stumbling over words to say for the four by four radio network. And I called it a cabal several times, several times. <laughs> <laughs> it's a virtual fruit salad of off-road audio. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up and listen. Shut up. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Uh, shut up. Say. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. Hello, this is Tammy. Have you seen my D-ring? <laughs> That's not nice. Hey, Tony and Josh, I'm out here in my garage. I'm not going to make it in time for the show tonight, so you're just going to have to do without me because I'm packing up my Jeep. I'm going on my first ever wheeling and camping combined trip together. I'm going to be heading out in the morning to Uari National Forest in North Carolina. I hate it. It's about a five to six hour drive for me. And I'm going to be meeting up with Carolina Trails Off-Road. Remember, we interviewed Brian, the president of Carolina Trails Off-Road, on our Jeep Talk Colin show. So, anyway, I'm packing up the Jeep, getting everything ready, and I thought... I would share with you guys, because I know how much you love this, my top five items I'm taking with me to North Carolina. So here we go. Number five, all my camping gear, of course. You know, my tent, my sleeping bag, my cot, <laughs> that sort of thing. Number four, 
a book on tape. So I have something to listen to on my drive from the D.C. area to North Carolina. Number three, my credit card, because guess who's going to be at this wheeling trip? Brian with Route 1 6. Ah. You know how I feel about vendors. So, number three is my credit card. Number two, the heavy duty Reynolds wrap. Nikki G commented on my YouTube video, my top five trail snacks. And in that video, you can hear me pulling out and see me pulling out the Reynolds wrap. And that was his favorite part of the video. So, I'm going to need to bring some tinfoil. That's number two. Heavy duty. Number one, a joke book. Now, this joke book is for Nikki G because I think he needs to step up his game. So those are the top five items I'm taking with me to the 2018 Uari Spring Invasion. I can't wait, and I can't wait to share with you guys all the cool stories when I get back next Thursday. Wendy's if giving she gets back. Yeah, <laughs> Wendy's giving uh, <laughs> Tammy a, a, a virtual high five. <laughs> All right, so so two things, two things real quick. Uh, one, Tammy needs to get uh, Nikki G to uh, put his signature on a piece of tinfoil. That oh, yeah. I think that's going to be a mandatory. Mm-hmm. Uh, but second, um, what do you want to bet? Tammy forgets her pillow. Uh, you know, I was thinking my favorite pillow. You know, that is the, for me, that is the worst thing about not sleeping in your own bed is having the pillow or pillows that you sleep with because it's so important to sleeping. I can't tell you. I mean, I, I, over the last 10 years, I've probably forgotten my pillow half the times that I've gone out camping and it sucks. I mean, having to wad up a hoodie or, or, you know, trying to inflate a garbage bag or something. I mean, I've tried all <laughs> kinds of crap to try and get something underneath my head to go camping with. And, uh, yeah, yeah, forgetting a pillow is just, is just almost as bad as breaking an axle. Well, you know, if you, if you inflate a trash bag to sleep on as a pillow, you have a good uh, chance of waking up next to a skunk or a trash panda. Use <laughs> <laughs> a clean one, but yes. <laughs> Didn't matter. Well, I hope I hope Tammy has fun. I hope uh, Brian puts an immediate thirty percent markup on anything he sells her, <laughs> and uh, and I hope that uh, Nikki G doesn't uh, doesn't get too out of line. So uh, there we go. I, I predict uh, she'll be there thirty minutes. She'll be standing in front of the uh, one of the booths, and she'll be looking for a credit card and can't find it, and go, "Damn it, my husband took it." <laughs> <laughs> you know how I feel about vendors. <laughs> That's great. Oh, I know. Knocked it out of the park, Tammy. Good job. Hey, coming up later in the show, surprisingly, uh, Nikki G. Hello, Advanced Adapters. This is Mumbly. How can I help you to make your day a great day? Uh, Is this Advanced Adapters? Of course it is. How can I help you to make your experience a very good customer experience? Is Clyde there? I'd like to speak with Clyde. I'm sorry, sir. There is no Clyde here, but I'm sure I can help you. Are you in the U.S.? Clyde, is that you? (sighs) Yes. What can I do for you, Mr. McLeary? Clyde, I told you to call me Tony. (laughs) You know I am from the Jeep Talk Show. Clyde? Clyde? 
Clyde, is this going to add time to my five or six weeks? Clyde! Clyde! Did you ever listen to the Jeep Dog Show? (laughs) (laughs) You killed him, Tony! You made him kill himself! (laughs) Oh, that poor SOB. Wow. Well, it's, uh... It's uh, May 15th that I have to wait till the, <laughs> till the Atlas gets here, Josh. Oh, <laughs> uh, counting the days, I'm sure. Thoughts well, and prayers guys, out, we, uh, goes out to the staff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. Well, hey, uh, you guys don't have to kill yourself uh, to give us a review no. or a, uh, leave us a comment. In fact, you can do that any number of ways. We make it really easy on you because, uh, well, pretty much you can find us anywhere on the web. Uh, just type in Jeep Talk Show, and uh, well, you guys are going to find us. Facebook, uh, iTunes, YouTube, pretty much anywhere where you oh, can listen God. or download the show, you can find a way to leave us a comment and a five-star review. Uh, who did we get this week, Tony, and where did they leave us a review? Well, this is Teresa L., and I'll just tell you, this is one of those uh, one of those contestant-type ladies on uh, Truck Night in America, uh, even though we're saying L and uh, the past uh, guest on the show. Anyway, she gave us a five-star review which was a condition of doing the uh, interview oh stop <laughs> she says best podcast out there i absolutely love listening to you guys uh talking to the audience if you haven't heard this yet you're missing out well you're listening to this review so of course you're listening to the show this could be your first time so don't judge this show <laughs> look listen to several of them before you make a decision <laughs> Yeah, the law of averages here, folks. You know. Exactly. <laughs> we have a good time, and uh, hopefully you guys do too. And from uh, from all the reviews I'm seeing, they uh, everybody is. So uh, if you'd like giving us a review, we'd love to uh, see it, read it, uh, love it uh, on Facebook, uh, iTunes, uh, Stitcher. You know, I saw that our last Stitcher review was a year ago, Josh. Oh, good Lord. Are people <laughs> still using that thing? I don't know. Yeah, they are, uh, surprisingly. Uh, but, you know, with Spotify and uh, like Amazon, uh, all, I was going to say, things. once, yeah, iHeartRadio and Spotify, once we got on there, I, I think everybody just kind of switched over and, and started using that and, and iTunes and stuff. And But uh, regardless, yeah, if you can find us, leave us a review. Yep, yep. Hey, guys. It's the Super Croc. Well, I've got good news for you. My Jeep is back up and running. Woo! But, so, I got my plug for my issue with the head, which I found out it was a 1-8 national pipe thread plug that it needs. Got that in there. Got it filled. Wouldn't start. Wouldn't crank even. Well, that was a problem with the automatic shutdown relay being bad. So I switched out the relay, and it cranked. And it wouldn't start. And still couldn't get it. Everything was checking out. You know what it was? The stupid spark plug wire route order. They were off by one. Never blame the equipment. I guess next time I'll just have to <laughs> go with what the distributor says. Lined it up with the distributor at Top Dead Center, 
and to the spark plug and did it. Now the asterisk. It says it has no fuel pressure unless you're above 3K RPM. Y'all have a good day. Bye. Well, you know, that's easy enough to fix. Uh, you just uh, raise the idle. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's that's kind of weird because the the fuel pump I didn't think was RPM dependent. It's not mechanical; it's yeah. electrical. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of kind of weird. That might be a voltage thing. Oh god, that's kind of a I tough one there. Yeah, I don't understand it at all. I I would say maybe uh I check the voltage back at the tank um where you got the wires that go into uh go go into that um into that access port there. Uh, you can te- there's a plug right there, kind of a pigtail that comes out. Uh, you can test the voltage going into uh, and coming out of um, of that wire loom there. You might want to make sure that you're getting the kind of voltage that you should uh, going back to that uh, going back to the uh, the pump inside the tank. Uh, it could just be that you got a bad pump, and you know I don't know. So, uh, but yeah, check with voltage first and go from there. If he's actually checking uh, pressure on the fuel rail, um, which I, I don't know that he is, um, well, I, I guess, would assume I guess that he, he is. I would guess yeah, he could. I, he's because, done that before. But yeah. why would, it makes no sense that if, if, if he's measuring it from there, because he, uh, in, in the the voicemail uh, that you missed, um, he says something about using the OBD2 scanner to, to get information from, uh, from the Jeep. And uh, I'm thinking if he's not using a gauge on the fuel pressure rail, he may be looking at something on the OBD2 that I'm not familiar with. Oh, actually seeing like map uh, figures or something like that. Yeah, I would recommend putting a pressure gauge, a fuel pressure gauge on the rail. And you don't even have to start the Jeep. You just turn it on. The fuel pump comes on and pressure goes up. And it should be 45, uh, 45, 50 PSI if I remember correctly. And it should hold there. Yeah, it should. And and if it doesn't hold there, uh, or and also too, when you turn the pump off, it should hold there for several minutes. Uh, if it starts dropping immediately, you got a bad fuel pump, uh, or the it's the uh, what was it? Not the fuel pump. It can be a the leaky uh, injector. Oh, could be that too. That too. But I mean, there's uh, there's something that fails on the uh, submerged oh. uh, pump that is actually causes the the fuel pressure to drop. And I'm brain farting on it right now. But, it, but basically, it's an assembly, at least on the 97 pluses. So you got to replace That's the whole the, thing uh, anyway. The fuel, fuel vapor recovery system. That's California emissions. Pressure stuff. regulator. That's what I was trying to think of. There's a regulator in there that it, uh, when that goes bad, then the fuel pressure will drop when you turn the uh, the key off. So, but, but it's not a, you can't just change that one item. It's like 300 bucks for that, that whole assembly. Yeah. And stay away from the Artex stuff. They got a bad reputation. No, I, I know they're, just, af- I know they're affordable, but just eh. go to the dealer, just go to yeah, the dealer and uh, it's not a difficult job, but it's nasty. And do you really want to be a hundred miles from home whenever the, the cheap fuel pump that you bought oh. uh, goes out on you? Yeah. You got tech questions? Oh, what do I ever have answers oh that's good because I, I, I it's tech talk with jeep last week we went over quite a quite a bit of detail what a shackle reversal kit is and the pros and cons of modifying your leaf sprung jeep in this manner well it dawned on me after the show and after tammy brought it up in the distinction between a clevis and a shackle that it might be a good idea to spend a little bit of time going over shackles and how they can affect your jeep's ride and capabilities Basically, what a shackle is, is, well, it's an integral component of the suspension system that attaches between the leaf spring and the vehicle frame. That's how your leafs attach to the Jeep. 
It allows for the leaf spring to work through length changes during suspension travel or articulation. A leaf pack or leaf springs position and center the axle under the vehicle just like the control arms and track bar do on a coil suspension Jeep. Now, leaf springs also support the vehicle's weight since these are the primary component of the suspension system. Now, as a leaf spring flexes up or down, its length from main eye to shackle eye changes, and the eyes are basically where it mounts. Now, since one end of the main eye is mounted solidly with no shackle and cannot move, the length changes that happen clear back at the shackle end of the leaf pack. Now, when you replace your suspension system or upgrade to a lift kit, they will most likely come with new shackles. So, what are the pros and cons of different shackle lengths? Do you want a long or do you want a short shackle? Now, starting with factory shackle lengths, there are several things affected by a change in the length of the shackle. A longer shackle will move one end of the leaf pack down, further away from the frame, and will result in rotating the axle downwards at the shackle side. Now, this can be a good thing, as the pinion angle will be increased, resulting in less driveline vibrations. The shackle mount will have increased leverage, meaning that the suspension down travel will be increased, making those tires really stick to the uh, terrain. But up travel, well, that could be limited slightly. Now, these are all good things as the added benefit of providing some lift, too. And who doesn't like a lifted Jeep, right? But it's not as simple as you think. The change in suspension height will be increased by half the difference between the factory length of the shackle and the length of the new shackle. All right, for example, a stock YJ has a 4-inch long shackle from bolt to bolt. Swapping that out for a 6-inch long shackle you would think would give you 2 inches of lift, but actually it provides only 1 inch of additional suspension height, not the 2 like you'd assume with the difference between 4 and 6. I know, you're told there'd be no math. Now, the reason for this is typically shackles don't sit straight up and down, and that angle reduces the rise. So, there you go. This is all sounds great, and you'd think that long shackles are the key to any you know really well-performing suspension system, but there are some cons to longer shackles, too. In the case of the front leaf springs, like on a YJ or a CJ, well, the caster angles will be changed, and this can result in steering problems while driving. Approach and departure angles will also be decreased due to the related caster changes. Now, changes in the shackle length can also affect your wheel travel. And this is, well, this is where things get a little tricky. Now, as leaf springs compress and they, the upward wheels, you know, travel, the upward wheel travel happens, it essentially becomes longer as the spring arc flattens out. So, as your suspension compresses, the spring flattens out. Now, as the leaf spring relaxes, downward wheel travel, it becomes shorter as the spring arc returns to its resting state. The shackle is the piece that allows all this movement to happen. And increasing or decreasing its length will greatly affect the spring's total movement. The longer shackle will allow the spring to drop down further while it's in its resting, uh, resting state. At this point, the shackle will be going inwards towards the axle. It may also allow the spring to flatten out more as it compresses, but this can be limited by the frame side mount or a cross member, a rear cross member, or other vehicle modifications. Now, during the compression of the shackle, during compression, the shackle will be going away from the axle. This all sounds like it falls in the natural motion of how a leaf sprung suspension can be expected to move and travel, but there are some occurrences where the travel can become too much. Now, this is called shackle inversion. And it happens on vehicles with front leaf spring suspension systems. Now, when the suspension has dropped to its maximum point, full droop, it's possible, although very rare, for the shackle to fold the opposite direction of standard movement. If this happens, the spring length can shorten dramatically and potentially cause severe damage and or component breakage. You may have seen some of those hinged boomerang or revolver shackles in situations like this and some of those carnage picks online. 
Well, a simple solution if this happens would be to unload the suspension, put it back in a max drop, and use a lever or a large pry bar to move the shackle towards the correct side of the leaf spring. Now, we've seen this out on the trail. I've had to do it a couple of times myself. It's really not that big of a deal, but you want to use extreme caution if you try to do this without unloading the suspension first, as there is a lot of force contained in those leaf springs. An easy solution to keep the shackle inversion from incurring would be to install limit straps or hard stops to prevent the shackle from moving too far back. Obviously, this is going to be some fabrication or some aftermarket that's going to be involved, but uh, you know it's going to be your best bet. This will have a direct effect on maximum axle drop, however. You'll need to be careful on setting something like this up. Okay, I think I've clouded your brain enough this week with terminology and suspension characteristics. We're not done yet. Next week, we're going to finish off our shackle talk We'll get into the different styles and shapes and the construction of shackles and why some of them look drastically different than others. Until then, if you'd like to have a tech question answered or a, talk or a topic covered here on the Jeep Talk Show, be sure to send us an email and we'll get it in on the air. Yeah, just go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contacts. You'll see all the ways you can reach us over there. So, Josh, uh, I'm thinking that the carnage that occurs when a, a shackle flips the other way is a separation of the drive shaft and or pulling apart of the U-joint uh, to the uh, the yoke on the axle? Um, not necessarily. I mean, those those could definitely lead to um, an overextension. Um, another, another one could be a broken shock mount or a broken shock altogether. Um, it oh. could just be that your shocks are set up in a way that you have more travel than what your suspension is really set up for, uh, meaning you have more shock than you have suspension. Um, in which case, you know, full droop, things can things can happen. Also, conversely, though, uh, if things compress too much, you can, you know, bottom out your shock, and well, the bad things happen then too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a number of of you know situations and circumstances that, that you'll have to get into in order for that kind of situation to happen. And honestly, 99% of the time, you're not going to find you know you're not going to find yourself in those kinds of situations. Right. So correct me if I'm wrong on this. You don't want to use your shock as your limiting strap. Oh, God, no. Yeah. So that, that when you say limiting strap, that would be one of the potential uses of it is to make sure that the suspension only drops down as far as you want it to drop, uh, and, and you don't want to bottom out that shock. Well, would that be bottoming out or extending it, uh, overextending well, the shock? Well, that would be, yeah, that would be overextending. When, or the limit straps help, you, help prevent overextension. Now, I think most people think of uh, the limiting straps as being for those uh, weekend, full-time, rock-crawling, uh, rock-bouncer, buggy things, but anybody can use them, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're, if you're um, you know, out on the rocks on the weekends and you're, you know, you got your sway bar disconnected and whatnot, I mean, if you're climbing under there to disconnect your sway bar, it is just as easy to connect a limiting strap. Um, once you go disconnected, you get a lot of articulation and, and if you find yourself in, in some very, you know, seriously twisted up angles and stuff like that, um, you can overflex your suspension very easily. And, uh, and if you're into like the Jeep speed stuff, you're out on the sand dunes and stuff like that, you, you hit a lot of washboard roads or, or maybe you're just, you know, kind of lead footed when you're out on the trail, you know, limiting straps might be good for you, uh, cause they can protect your suspension. You know, that might be a good subject for future uh, reference. Uh, how do you come up with the length of your uh, limiting strap? It may be real easy, but to me, it's like, you know, I don't want to keep articulation from happening, but I don't want my spring shooting out the side with my new long arms either. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want to do that either. So. Hey, there comes spring. It's already here. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, kind of tricky to set that up too because you, you do have to get your Jeep into a situation where you have complete maximum articulation to get those 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 measurements and those numbers. Uh, and typically, the only way to do that is either off road or you know kind of get creative with a uh, with a loading dock. I was going to say, well, our friend with a, uh, what do you call those things? The, uh, a forklift. A forklift, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, one of those would probably do it too. I've never had a fork that big, but, uh, you know, I'm bad yet. Hey, guys, Tom's Woods has been doing only four-wheel drive, drive shafts, and slip yoke eliminators for, well, about 20 years now. And as an American-owned and operated company, they provide solutions trusted by your average weekend wheeler. All the way uh, to the rock-crushing rigs at King of the Hammers, well, to your you know, average guys, if you have a Jeep, Tom Woods Custom Drive Shafts has a solution for you. Using their in-house developed Gold Seal Universal Joints, you can count on the strength of your drive shaft at its weakest and most abused points. And if you're concerned about warranties, well, it doesn't get any better than their trail hazard protection warranty. If weld ever breaks, they take care of it. The Gold Seal Universal Joint breaks, they take care of it. But also, they'll take care of any damage to the drive shaft as well. Those other companies, well, they'll just put a new U-joint in your hand and send you on your way. Tom Woods loves Jeeps. In fact, he has three highly modified Jeeps, so he understands your passion, and so do his employees. Tom Woods' custom drive shafts are always shipped completed, balanced, greased, and ready to install. They pay attention to the finest details, so you are less likely to run into any issues. If you ever experienced a drive shaft problem, well, you know just how important this is. When you research custom drive shafts, there is just one name that tops all the lists. That's Tom Woods. Trust them with one of the most critical parts of your driveline. And from now until the end of May, you can get 10% off your order using the exclusive Jeep Talk Show promo code. At checkout, just enter JTS18-1 and you'll get the exclusive discount. That's JTS18-1 and you'll get the exclusive discount of 10% off on your order. The promo code is not valid with any other offer, discount, or promotion. Just visit custom, Tom Woods Custom Drive Shafts today. Go visit www.4xshaft.com. So, Josh, this is pretty funny. You know, I was uh, really excited about uh, not only uh, the uh, Jeep Talk Show stickers being put in with every purchase, every uh, Tom Woods uh, Custom Drive Shaft purchase, but also to this uh, 10%, uh, great 10% offer. I mean, it's it's not 5%, it's uh, not 9%, it's 10%, which is better than all nice those round other ones. Number. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, I posted up a picture of uh, a picture that they, uh, that Tom Woods uh, and uh, the, the group over there sent us uh, of a drive shaft, one of their stickers, one of our stickers, and uh, used it for promoing today on Facebook. And we got a, an interesting rep- reply from Al D. Jeeper. He said, dang, I just purchased one about two weeks ago. And I know he's talking about a drive shaft and not a sticker. Well, maybe he's oh. talking about a sticker. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm thinking. No, I think, he, he's, you know, I think he's a little, yeah, I think he's a little <laughs> upset that he didn't get his, uh, his free sticker. But, or his uh, 10%. You know, so I would say, Al, what you need to do is every Jeep has two drive shafts. So it's time to go oh. buy another drive shaft at Tom Woods Custom Drive Shafts. <laughs> See what I did there? Got you another sale, Tom. 
Are you tired of all that noise from those other shows? Well, girl, I think you have to keep that rig at the moment. Now you can relax to the pleasing tones of the Jeep Talk Show every week. Unless you've got Dana 60s and 40. Get the highest audio quality possible with each download. Now, you know, you can use some Dana with them, with them super swampers. And if you're tired of all that other stuff. Uh, and a thing with the Texas big old tires and a lighter. Then subscribe to the highest quality podcast on the web. The Jeep Talk Show. Available on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, and more. You guys you need to give me a beer. You know, Josh, I reached over and I pressed mute on my Amazon Alexa because it's time for me to talk about the Amazon Echo Alexa. <laughs> if you're not already aware, we are uh, the show, not us personally, I mean, maybe at the CIA headquarters, but the show is available on the Amazon Echo or Alexa. You just go into your Amazon uh, Alexa skill, usually on your phone, you can do it on the desktop, and enable the Jeep Talk Show skill. Once you've enabled that, then you can just, uh, well, do this. Alexa, ask the Jeep Talk Show to play the latest episode. Welcome. You can listen to all the episodes of Jeep Talk Show, a Jeep podcast, including new episodes, as they are released. For now, you'll start with the most recent episode, but you can change by skipping forward or backward. You can even say how many episodes you'd like to skip. So I'd recommend that whenever you go to a friend's house and they absolutely refuse to listen to that those podcast things because they don't know nothing about no podcast and it's just too difficult to do walk over to their amazon echo and tell it to play the jeep talk show love that or you can tell it to self-destruct those uh that's kind of <laughs> i like too. that one <laughs> <laughs> uh you gotta you should have to set up a code you know omicron three picard <laughs> <laughs> From around the world, or from your city, and sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Well, hi, guys and girls. We're back this week with another uh, guest interview, and this week we're going to be talking to Gene of all things Jeep. Now, Gene, you were last with Tammy and I on the uh, Jeep Talk Call-In Show way back in May of 2017, and if I remember correctly, <laughs> the Go Topless Day had just uh, ended, so we, we actually got you after the big event. I think that's right, and I'm glad to say that this year we're preemptively talking about go topless day in advance yeah it's almost like a uh, a bunch of adults got together and decided to look at the calendar and figure out how to do these things <laughs> at a time and i'm referring of course to uh, us here at the jeep talk show not you 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 know when go topless day is coming up and you do a lot of gearing up for that now uh, a lot of people don't know this but why are you involved in the go topless day to start with well all things jeep is involved and i guess I'll have to fess up to being specifically involved myself because I'm the one that came up with the idea for Go Topless Day back in 2008. We, uh, I live in Massachusetts. It was a really cold winter. It was a really bad winter that year. And, um, you know, as a Jeep owner, springtime rolls around. And when it finally gets nice enough, all we do is look forward to taking the tops off of our Wranglers. So I, I just thought we should celebrate uh the warmer weather and pull, pull together a little event for local jeepers you know the spring milestone day um and taking the tops off so i came up with a date and i said we're calling it go topless day and we invited local jeep clubs to participate and we 
that space at a local farm stand and we held our first go topless day. So that worked out really great. But uh, when I started publicizing it on the allthingsjeep.com website, other Jeep clubs from around the country said we want to participate too. So we ended up with a couple dozen Jeep clubs around the country participating in Go Topless Day. That was actually 11 years ago today. It was May 3rd, 2008. Wow. First Go Topless Day. Hey, it's our anniversary today. Oh, excellent. Uh, well, we'll, congratulations. We'll act yeah. like we planned that too. <laughs> right. <Woo-hoo! laughs> so, um, well, I, well, this year, Go Topless Day, the 11th anniversary, is on uh, May 19th. So it's a couple Saturdays away. And uh, this year, we have about 125 Jeep clubs and dealerships and organizations scheduling events in their location. So around the world, um, in the USA, and we have uh, about 20 events internationally also this year. So it's literally gone worldwide since its inception wait, 10 years ago or, or, or so. I, I imagine things are, are quite a bit different today than they were at that very first event. Um, yeah, today we give away about 35,000 Go Topless Day decals. That's one thing that's really different. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Oh, geez, that's, yeah. a, that's, that's a lot of stickers. That's really, that, that's really fun because um, one of, it's actually one of the most fun things about Go Topless Day. So Go Topless Day, what we ask is we ask people to get together with groups of Jeepers, whether it's just one or two friends or a whole club or neighborhood, and you know do something that celebrates the fun and sense of adventure of owning a Jeep. And one of the things that we do to... Um, obviously to market the event but to make it fun is to create a a yearly decal and we offer them free of charge if someone's we offer them free of charge if someone sends us a self-addressed stamped envelope and all that information is on the website allthingsjeep.com and then if someone's kind of too lazy or they don't have any stamps (laughs) they can also buy a decal which a lot of people do but the most fun part is every day when um, the postal service delivers our mail and, you know, we get a stack of 100 or 200 envelopes from people looking for a free decal and people write us little messages inside and draw pictures and, you know, send us notes. And it's just really fun to open up those envelopes and then restuff an envelope with a decal and mail it back out to everyone. So that has been a big change, the number of jeepers that are involved in this event. So, Gene, do you have a lot of people, uh, a lot of your employees quitting this time of year and then coming back on after the <laughs> event? <laughs> no, but we have a lot of paper cuts. <laughs> I bet. Gee whiz, that's great. And, uh, you know, the Jeep Talk Show just recently started buying stickers. So, I, when you said 35000 I think about the, the amount of money that has to be spent for that. I mean, I know it's a business thing, and that's what you do for business. Uh, you got to get the name out. You got to get the, the, the message out. But uh, I just like, oh, my God, 35000 Of course, you got to get a good rate uh, when you buy that that many uh, stickers. Does, does, that's true. Does one sticker place do all 35000 or do you have to uh, farm that out to several companies? Um, so far, we've had one place do all of them. You know, we That's have to amazing. be really organized and make sure that we buy them, um, you know, we'll order them enough in advance yeah. and kind of keep tabs on how many are going out the door. Because every now and then a, 
uh, an event will come along and they will say, you know, we, we've pulled together an event or an established event that now wants to kind of be under the Go Topless Day umbrella. And they'll say, we need a thousand stickers because we have a thousand attendees. Um, so we just got to, you know, we have to manage that process, which is always fun to do. But it's definitely the most exciting part of the job is sometimes I'll be out and about and I'll just run across a Jeep that has a oh, GoTopless yeah. Day decal on it. Yeah. And then usually I'm really um, self-indulgent and I hang around until the person shows up <laughs> and I ask them if they've gone to a GoTopless Day event. And then I'll kind of look around, you know, nonchalantly and say, oh, yeah, I know about that event. Yeah, I came up with that idea. <laughs> That's really that's fun. Great. That's great. That's amazing. <laughs> I, will, I will admit that's fun. Oh, yeah. That, I bet it is. Another thing that's, um, you know, you said it's, has it really changed a lot, and you bet it's really different. One of the things I'd love to mention this year is that this year, for the first time, we actually um, got a corporate, well, like a corporate sponsor, so to speak, for Go Topless Day. So what, what's awesome is that the different clubs around the country that do events, you know, like any kind of event, they go out to their local local companies and ask for donations and um, you know, sponsorships from some of the Jeep accessory companies. But um, this year from, you know, at the top level, uh, Rugged Ridge, you know, Omixada and Rugged Ridge became a sponsor of Go Topless Day. And what that means for participants in, um, in the organized events is that they're going to receive a whole bunch of fun goodies and, uh, you know, swag from Rugged Ridge. So we've sent out, um, you know, 100 plus packages of lots of fun giveaways, accessories and hats and T-shirts and stuff like that from Rugged Ridge. So I want to thank them. We really appreciate them partnering with us. Oh, that's great, and I'm glad you uh, glad you mentioned that. That's a big deal. I bet you were very excited about uh, getting the uh, the first sponsor. Um, you know that that reminds me. Uh, I sent uh, Michelle over at Jeeps at the Beach, Texas, uh, your way because they have uh, a tent set up every year for Go Topless Day out there in Crystal Beach. And uh, I believe you were telling me that uh, they actually got one of those Rugged Ridge packages uh, sent to them. They sure should have, yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, any U.S.-based event that um, signed up with us and is an official Go Topless Day event location should have or will soon receive in advance of the event a package from Rugged Ridge as well as a package from us with all of the decals and everything in it. That's great. You know, uh, I'm uh, gonna. I'm planning on being out there with Michelle uh, Jeeps of the Beach, who's going to be our uh, interviewee next week, because we're uh, again doing that adult thing and uh, planning uh, our shows based around some of these events. Uh, but she'll be with us next week, and we'll be talking to her uh, as our guest. But uh, she's out there, going to be out there uh, around uh, Crystal Beach in the little tent set up, and has uh, kindly offered me a a seat under the tent because. I'm so white, I will burn in about 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Some of that SPF well, and, 160. And also, the event oh. down there goes on for several days. So, you know, I will you'll not, be under a tent, but still bring your sunscreen. I will not be out there for several days, Gene. I'm going Saturday and coming home Saturday, <laughs> come hell or high water. Uh, and that's a, I guess that's a bad joke for a beach. 
So you know what else is happening this year, which is pretty exciting, is um, another multi-day event that has been around, this is their third year, is um, Jeep Beach Jam in Florida. Mm -hmm. And um, they are, we've partnered with them, and on Saturday, you know, Go Topless Day, May 19th, they're doing a um, Guinness World Records the largest number of topless Jeeps in one place at one time. So they filled out all the paperwork and they got approval with Guinness to, um, you know, enter into their world records. And they're expecting uh, 2,000 plus topless Jeeps. Oh, that's wow. awesome. That, that will be a good time. Let me ask I'll you. Be, I'll be up here in Massachusetts at our flagship event that we have in Munson, Massachusetts with ocean state jeepsters but someday i'm going to sneak away and try and get to one of the other events oh yeah you got to uh, and you know i was just thinking this is uh, one of those newsworthy items you know the slow news days uh where they they like uh, the tv stations like covering this uh these guinness uh, world record things oh yeah and i get to see gene out there talking to good morning america with uh, all these go topless day <laughs> jeeps and uh i'm sure a few women uh, that, that misunderstood what the whole premise was. And, and I think that's a good thing to point out at this time is that this is meant to be a good, wholesome uh, family event. Correct, Gene? That is correct, as Jeepers come in all ages. Right. So if you're out there, and uh, and I'm talking to you people going to Crystal Beach, keep it clean. We know about your shenanigans. We've been hearing about that for the last several years so uh, I know Michelle uh, warned me about that, uh, and uh, so uh, they're going to keep their little area of uh, Crystal Beach uh, clean, and uh, hopefully the rest of the Jeepers will uh, fall in line. I doubt it, but it's worth saying, right? Yeah, well, I do have to say, you I mean, we have over 125 registered events, and I've never really heard of problems, and you know, 99.9% of them are family-friendly, family events, anything from a beach cleanup to a poker run to a trail ride to a picnic to there's a club that meets at a drive-in for a drive-in movie in the evening. Um, you know, there's all sorts of things going on. And one of the other things that I've noticed throughout the years is how many of the events raise money for charities. Yeah. And um, I sat down the other day and started calculating, just based on what I know and what the you know Jeep clubs post on their Facebook pages and in their website groups. And I would say that um, Go Topless Day has raised over $250,000 for probably 100 different charities over the past 10 years. And I would, I would really like to... Um, to go back to all the clubs this year and find out exactly how much money they did raise and what charity so that we can kind of make, you know, turn it into a bigger part of what this day is all about. Cause it's all fun and games for the Jeepers, but it's also really nice. And it kind of makes me really warm and fuzzy to know that everyone is, you know, doing their part for the local animal shelter or for breast cancer or for a Jeeper in their club that's having problems or, you know, there's dozens of different charities, so it's really great 
to see. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Gina. Over the last several weeks, we've been uh, promoting Go Topless events around the nation, uh, and many of them are uh, listing their charitable events that they're sort of tagging along with that with the Go Topless Day event to kind of you know help drum up some some more support and whatnot. And you mentioned earlier, you know, about all these different you know different things going on for this event. And in fact, your guys' website, allthingsjeep.com, has a wonderfully interactive map where regardless of where you are in the United States or in the world, people can find out what's happening around them or maybe in a state that they're visiting or in a country that they're visiting uh, for, you know, uh, the Go Topless Day. Yep. I, I want to urge people to go over to the site and take a look. Since you mentioning our interactive map, okay, I have always had this dream that we could say that there are Go Topless Day events happening in every state in the country. And yesterday I counted the states that have events happening, and I counted the states where we still have no event that we know of going on. And I want to give a really quick shout-out to, to the Jeepers in those states because we'd like to offer you an incentive to have an event so that we can get to all 50 states. Okay, we have Alabama, Arkansas, Delaware, Idaho, Missouri, New Hampshire, New Jersey, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Vermont, and Wyoming. If you are a Jeeper in one of those states, get in touch with us at gtd at allthingsjeep.com and we'll help you set up an event and get your event on our map. And um, maybe over the next week or so, we can say that we have Go Topless Day official events in all 50 states. You know, Josh, we have a contact in Oklahoma. And John, you know who you are. Uh, And I don't know why... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that John hasn't been on top of this Go Topless uh, event. Uh, we have a, a friend of the show that's uh, done some segments for us and has uh, uh, been with uh, xjtalk.com, a website that we started before all this other stuff. And uh, he does a, uh, a red uh, red dirt uh, day where a bunch of Jeeps get together and they travel on the back roads of Oklahoma and look at the, these old uh, dilapidated buildings and stuff. It's a, a great adventure. And I can't believe he's not part of Go Topless Day, uh, Josh. We're going to have to give John a hard time. I'm looking at this map right now, and i got to give myself a hard time here because I'm looking between Northern California and Seattle, and there's literally only like two events happening in in pretty much all of the uh, middle of the Northwest there. So I think uh, 2019, we're going to have to step up the action and get a couple more events in the state of Oregon. Yeah. Yeah, and I do have to say that many of the Jeepers in the northern part of the country do ask for us to push the date out a little further because sometimes there's still snow and it isn't topless weather. But we've kind of, we've ended up in a situation where everyone just expects Go Topless Day to be the week after Mother's Day. And so there's so many other events going on these days that we feel like we just kind of have to stick with that time frame. And the people in the South are really happy. And the people in the North, like me, sometimes they're not so happy because <laughs> I'm wearing a sweatshirt on top of a sweatshirt. But it's kind of we have a stake in the ground, and that's kind of where we're that's where we are, we're at. Well, I, I don't blame you. And you you really don't want to mess with success. So I certainly understand uh, why them babies. I mean, sorry, those people are uh, whining about it being cold <laughs> outside. But uh, no, I mean, I think it was almost 90 degrees to here down here in uh, the Houston area today. So oh, lucky you. So I, I certainly understand. Now, now, right. <laughs> now, Gene, you mentioned Mother's Day. And I wanted to circle you back to that real quick. Uh, you guys have some stuff going on for uh, Mother's Day at All Things Jeep, don't you? 
We do. We, um, you know, because All Things Jeep is um, female, has been female co-owned for a very long time. There's always a focus on having plenty of stuff for Jeep girls there. And this year, just like every other year, we have a lot of great gifts that are suitable for Jeep moms, including a really wide selection of Jeep jewelry. We have some awesome Jeep pocketbooks and seat belt belts, like belts that are made of seat, Jeep seat belts. Mm, okay. And um, one of my favorites is the paw print tire cover. So if you like dogs and Jeeps, we have T-shirts and tire covers and stickers with, with dog paw prints on them. And then, of course, we have a huge selection of Go Topless Day T-shirts. So, um, and assorted sizes and colors and designs. So, well, on top of that, you guys are uh, offering up to 30% off on many of these items uh, for oh, wow. Mother's Day. So, uh, well, yeah, hey, guys, I might want to get over there. Thank you for saying that. Yep, we are. <laughs> My goodness, that's and, a hell of a deal. And when you come to our website or you go to our Facebook page to look at the information about Go Topless Day or to do some shopping for mom or yourself, I want to make sure that people go click over to the um, Go Topless Day photo contest because every year we have a getting ready for Go Topless Day photo contest. And right now we have some really good entries. You can enter yourself or you can vote on the photos that are there and um, the winners we have four winners and we give them a prize package that includes a whole bunch of go topless day swag but one of my my absolute favorite item that we're giving away this year to the winners is we're giving away a big go topless day banner which we're customizing with the winner's name on it so oh wow Way so cool. go over there and enter or vote for your favorite go topless day photo so I noticed on here that uh, you have a T-shirt, a Go Topless Day T-shirt that looks, uh, I think, a lot like or exactly like the stickers that you guys are sending out. Uh, and uh, so if you want a whole Go Topless Day uh, ensemble, you can get, just go over there, all things Jeep. And <laughs> you get, can have a Go Topless that, Day yeah. baseball cap, a Go Topless Day sweatshirt, a Go Topless Day long sleeve shirt, short sleeve shirt, and tank top. And then you can put a Go Topless Day tire cover on the back of your Jeep. There you go. So you can uh, you can cover yourself in all kinds of uh, things there at uh, All Things Jeep. Now, Gene, uh, tell me, uh, we've already mentioned uh, allthingsjeep.com a few times. Is there uh, some social media things that uh, people can uh, follow along in the uh, adventures or misadventures of Gene uh, and All Things Jeep? We have a really active Facebook page, um, All Things Jeep. We have another Facebook page, which is Go Topless Day. And we do we did launch a private Facebook group this year for Go Topless Day hosts and attendees. So you can find that if you search for it. It's Go Topless Day fans. And um, we're on Instagram. We're on Instagram as official All Things Jeep. We're on Twitter as All Things Jeep. And we are on Pinterest as All Things Jeep. And I think that pretty much covers mostly everything we're doing on social media right now. Yeah. So the thing to keep in mind there, kids, is all things Jeep. You just go to yeah. <laughs> go to the thing that you like and uh, do a search for all things Jeep, and it uh, sounds like you're going to find it. You know, you're lucky there, Gene, because some people have to uh, change the words around because the the words that, that you're using has already been taken in social media. So it's uh, it's good that you got that uh, single branding going on. That that makes it a lot easier to find you. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> For myself as well, when I go searching. 
Well, Gene, I can't thank you enough for being uh, making time to be here on the show with us right before Gotopolis uh, Day this uh, this year, May 19th. And uh, again, if you're going to be visiting or thinking about visiting the Crystal Beach event uh, down around Galveston, uh, I am going to be there. My wife and I are planning to go and be down there with uh, Michelle and uh, Jeeps uh, at the beach, uh, Texas, uh, very kindly offered me a nice uh, covered seat to, to be at. And we'll be handing out some Jeep Talk Show stickers while we're there as well. So come by, say hello, uh, tell us how much you love the show. Uh, and uh, you might even uh, get a little uh, mention on the show, may do a little audio recording. Uh, right, Josh? we got to do some audio recording, play it back for the fans. That's right. We sure do. Well, Gene, again, thank you very much for being with us uh, tonight. And uh, uh, any parting comments? We did, did we cover everything? Well, if you're going to be in the Massachusetts or New England area, come to Gotopolis Day in Munson, Massachusetts, with all things Jeep and Ocean State Jeepsters, and I will be there. Also hanging out, hang, handing out stickers and um, saying hello. Well, you so know, we got Texas covered and we got Massachusetts covered. That's right, and, and you know, forty-eight more states to go. I would love to see a, a Jeep talk show listener standing right next to Gene with all things Jeep and on a Go Topless Day event picture uh, for for the social media. So you guys get get over there, meet Gene, get some pictures of you and Gene together, and uh, maybe you know with some uh, nice uh, swag from Rugged Ridge and all things Jeep. That sounds great. Thanks so much for having me on here, guys, and have a great time at Gotopolis Day down in Texas. Well, hey, big thanks again to Gene for taking the time to talk about all things Jeep and the, well, the advent of Gotopolis Day. I, I knew about you know them inventing it more or less about a year ago or so, but uh, all the ins and outs and the, kind of how it's progressed over the years, love to hear all that information. 11 years ago, and it was amazing that we were actually recording the show uh, on the anniversary of yeah. uh, the creation of Go Topless Day. And man, many people don't know that uh, Gene at All Things Jeep actually came up with the Go Topless Day. So it just has to be very fulfilling uh, starting something that uh, is uh, is for good and, and people love so much. So uh, it's hard to go wrong with Go Topless, though. Everybody loves going topless on their Jeeps. Well, hey, do you guys have an idea for a guest or maybe you want to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show yourself? Well, no problem. Just go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and share your idea for our next great guest. It could be you. Now, Go Topless Day is coming up on May 19th, so we'll be gonna, we're going to be continuing our, uh, I don't know what you call it, our uh, push to give you Go Topless Day information. All because, this hot topless Yes, talk. And, and next week uh, we're going to have another Go Topless uh, day uh, person uh, guest uh, Michelle Sibley. She's president of Jeeps at the Beach, Texas. Now they're going to be in Crystal Beach, and I'm going to be there with them, handing out Jeep Talk Show stickers. Uh, is that maybe, a threat? It is. Uh, as as white as I am, it, it, you bring your sunglasses because I'm going to try to stay out of the sun, but no no guarantees. But uh, so uh, maybe even getting some a uh, little bit of audio there uh, and uh, certainly some pictures to post on uh, the social media for for you kids that like that sort of thing. So if you see a guy walk around, looks like the Michelin man. It's just Tony. He's got a lot of sunscreen on. I'm uh, I'm looking for some nice uh, wicker hats, you know, maybe a sombrero. Oh, yeah. There you, you know, go. And some really long white socks with some sandals. <laughs> and some sandals. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. From the mind of Nikki G. 
Hey, this is Nikki G, and uh, I've noticed that lately uh, my jokes haven't been that funny, and I haven't even been able to get a chuckle out of Josh, and he laughs at everything. <laughs> so uh, what leads me to believe that there's two possibilities, either A, my jokes aren't that good, or B, and this is the one I'm running with, <laughs> that Josh is actually some type of animatronic machine, uh, probably a discontinued robot left over from an assembly line. Got lungs of a dolphin. But either way, Tony, you need to replace the funny sensor. I believe you can get those off of Amazon. All right, boys and girls, I'll uh, chat you later. And you have a good one. You Bye. know, if, if we still were doing video, Josh, I could get you to turn around and we could, you know, you could drop your drawers and we could see your check engine light. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's yeah, on, then yeah, we know the sensor needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. We could, uh, I could actually put a video up there of the check engine light showing us. Oh, he is a hammer. <laughs> What do you know? <laughs> Escape from Disney, the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> you must have needed this every day. I need it! It's the Jeep Talk Show's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. And this week, we got something for you. The weather's getting warmer, and we're just around the corner from the official start of topless season. And that means taking the risk of leaving your things behind in your doorless, topless Jeep. Whether it's your daily carry, the cell phone, or wallet, while the glove box is a quick and convenient storage solution for those smaller, quick-to-grab items. The problem is, the stock glove box just isn't that secure. Here's where Tuffy Security Products comes in. This 16-gauge steel, high-security glove box is an ideal replacement for the plastic factory glove box. The glove box can be used to secure a number of smaller items, like the aforementioned what we were talking about. Well, Tuffy's patented latch system allows the glove box to be latched shut without having to be locked and unlocked each time it's, it's accessed. Their patented PryGuard 2 locking system with a quarter-inch steel latch enables it to be latched closed without locking and prevents would-be thieves from prying it open. Patented anti-twist push-button lock system with a 10-tumbler double-bitted security key containing built-in weather seals means they're not picking that lock either, and that lock won't rust out. And don't worry, that factory oh-crap grab handle remains right where it's supposed to be. Check it out over at tuffyproducts.com or click on the link in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com. I love Tuffy's uh, security products. And you know, Best uh, Best Top bought Tuffy, so they're now part of uh, Best Top. So you get two great companies there and uh, the, uh, you know, great products from, from either one. I love this thing. Uh, it's uh, the, the, the little uh, glove box thing for the, the TJ that we have is very flimsy. It's just plastic. Yeah. It barely hooks on there. And, you know, people can get into anything. Uh, it doesn't matter how you make it, uh, how strong you make it. The point is you make it difficult and they go, screw this. Uh, I'm here at Go Topless Day. There's 2,000 other Jeeps I can go check. Yeah. So you just want to make go. it You just want to make it harder for them. And this is a great product. I've looked at this one and uh, thought about getting it for uh, the TJ. We went w- a different direction. We went with the, the, the best top trunk. It's actually a metal oh, enclosure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, That's uh, a good one. I, yeah. I like their uh, I like their center console one too. They have yep. a, like a full center console option. They got some drop in insert uh, styles one as well. All kinds of good stuff over there. Just uh, head over to tuffyproducts.com, uh, type in your vehicle, and you'll see all the cool stuff that, uh, that they can do for you. Yeah, and if for some reason you can't find it uh, anywhere else, which I would not understand that, but you can always go to jeeptalkshow.com and look at our show notes. 
and uh, you'll see a nice little picture and a nice little clickable link. So uh, you can always visit the site and uh, gather more information that we talked about from here. All right, so last week uh, I mentioned you could lift your Cherokee more than four pot five inches, but that would mean more work and greater cost. I don't know if I used those exact words, but that's what I was thinking because uh, I know that's what I went through because um, I, I originally was like, you know, uh, when I was doing research on lifting my Cherokee, Josh, I was uh, thinking uh, how much lift am I going to need for the size tires I want to put on there? Uh, I, I wasn't uh, – well, how, how high can I get this thing? Let me get a 12-inch lift. No, I wasn't so concerned about that. I was trying to match uh, lift with tire uh, diameter. So uh, I was looking at 33s, and everything that I was reading uh, was that uh, the axles, uh, 33s were about as much as you wanted to put on uh, the uh, the stock Cherokee axles. So that's fine. Let's just go with 33s. I don't want to do a bunch of lifts and a bunch of other work, uh, all that expense that goes with redoing things. And uh, let me just uh, start off with a 5.5 or a 6.5 inch lift. Well, the problem with that was, dun, 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 slip yoke eliminator. You may mm-hmm. also see it as S-Y-E. All right. So um, I don't think I'm going to go into exactly what a, a S-Y-E is. Uh, that's all kinds of stuff on the the, uh, the internet that you can look up. Josh has probably gone over it uh, in uh, Tech Talk before. So uh, just go look that uh, I will tell you this, though, that uh, when you do a lift, this increases the distance between the axle and your transfer case. That's where the drive shaft goes, people. And when you increase that distance, you know, because the angle is getting steeper, that means you potentially uh, can have your uh, drive shaft pull out whenever you're at maximum flex. And that ain't a good thing for traction because you ain't got nothing going to the rear tires to push you along. Um, so uh, it also increases the angle of the drive shaft uh, into both the transfer case and axle yoke. So why is that important? Well, when you get it too steep an angle, now the U-joints are going to have a, hard, uh, a harder time functioning uh, like they do without being bound up. Now, it's not exactly binding, but you get these angles inside the caps and it pushes on the bearings and they get flat. And then you got to have you have all these other issues that can cause uh, premature failure of the U-joints. I don't think you actually have a problem with the axle. Uh, I'm sorry, with the drive shaft itself, but the U-joints, which uh, allow that thing to spin, uh, causes an issue. And of course, as I was mentioning, uh, it, it has premature wear of the drive shaft components. So, Whenever you're doing a, uh, a lift greater than 4.5 inches on your Cherokee, you're going to really need to think about a slip yoke eliminator. Now, in some cases, the, uh, a lift kit will come with a transfer drop, uh, a, usually a one-inch drop, and that is to uh, minimize those angles that I'm talking about. Only problem with that is, why are you lifting your Jeep? Well, to get better ground clearance. <laughs> so now you're dropping stuff from the bottom of your Jeep closer to the ground, decreasing ground clearance. And uh, this is how we learn about high centering. <laughs> it's getting stuff in the center of our vehicle stuck on things. So that's a, a good reason to put a, a slip yoke eliminator uh, in with the, the drivetrain. So, uh, Josh, you've done a slip yoke eliminator kit on your transfer case, haven't you? Oh, yeah. I've, I've installed a couple few of them, but I've, uh, I've done the dreaded 242 slip yoke eliminator install, uh, where you actually have to modify the output shaft. 
Um, I went with uh, the Tom Woods SYE uh, and custom drive shaft, and, uh, uh, and it was really nice from the standpoint of um, this lengthening, lengthening of the drive shaft. I didn't have mm-hmm. to worry about because I, I measured the distance and sent it to Tom, and Tom designed a drive shaft uh, for me. And, and I haven't had any problems with it. Of course, I've had a lot of problems with the 242 unrelated to the SYE, so it has uh, kept me from being out and really articulating uh, that uh, suspension as much as I'd like to. But for the, the uh, SYE and the drive shaft, it's been great. Uh, very nice kit from, uh, from Tom Woods. Mm-hmm. So uh, obviously the slip yoke eliminator will help you with the, the angle of your drive line, which means it's going to operate properly. There's going to be less vibration. Uh, there's going to be less wear and tear on the U-joints. So it will last longer than using a factory setup. So, uh, and, and I think this is true. It moves the slip from the back of the transfer case to the dr- middle of the drive shaft. So as you cycle your suspension, your drive shaft has to, to change lengths. And, and how they were handling it without the SYE was by letting it slide back and forth inside the transfer case, uh, which also could in, uh, uh, add vibrations because as you pull that yoke out of the uh, transfer case, uh, now the the whole rotating mass is is further away from where it was inside the transfer case, and you can get uh, slight angles and more vibration. Now, generally speaking, you're not going to be articulating while you're going very fast, but it is possible you may have those vibrations, and certainly will cause more wear and tear on your U joints. So, moving that slip to the middle of the drive shaft uh, helps things m- run smoother, uh, smoother for you, and less wear and tear on your drive line components. Now, one of the things that you may not uh, realize, uh, well, I, I really didn't realize this until I was looking it up. I, I realized about the TJ because we have one. But the Cherokee is not the only Jeep that an SYE can benefit. The Jeep Wrangler, YJ, TJ, perhaps even the CJ, I just didn't look that one up, and the JK all can benefit from SYEs. The JK Rubicon has something similar to an SYE installed, from the factory, so it, it really isn't uh, an issue for you Rubicon owners. So uh, anybody can, uh, and, and Josh, correct me on this, I don't think installing an SYE in a transfer case is that complex. Uh, you've had more experience with individuals, um, perhaps some that you've helped install SYEs into a transfer case. What kind of, what kind of feedback do you get from, uh, from just the general knowledge of the knowledge base of having to do this? everybody is scared to go into the transfer case. I don't care who you are. I mean, unless you're, you know, a really advanced, you know, transmission tech or something like that. You work at a shop like that and then, then, you know, you can do this sort of stuff in your sleep. Otherwise for most of us, well, you know, we start talking about, you know, opening things like transmissions or transfer cases. Uh, we start thinking about lots of chains and gears and moving parts and that's way above our, you know, pay grade. And I don't want to mess with any of that. Honestly, Yes, it's a lot more complex and there's a lot more to it than doing something like an oil change. Uh, but if you have a decent mechanical aptitude, um, you can understand the mechanics of, you know, how a transfer case works and whatnot. And you don't, it's not rocket science, people. No. Um, and and if you do a little bit of research out there and you have some, you know, a fair, a fair amount of, you know, a good set of tools and whatnot, you can do this yourself. Um, I remember the first transfer case I went into, I was scared S-less. I, I honestly did not know what I was doing. I had, you know, a packet of papers with me. 
um, the factory service manual, and and I just had these instructions and some pictures to go off of, and oddly enough, I went through it all just fine. And as long as you you know you kind of have an understanding of what you're getting into, and you sit, make sure you set aside the time to do it. This is something that you can do in your own garage or driveway, and in a weekend, no problem. So, uh, you know, when you're going back with a, uh, a drive shaft, the drive shaft in a Cherokee that uh, has the slip that goes in the transfer case, uh, it doesn't have the slip in the middle. So that means you're going to have to get a new uh, drive shaft. Okay. Uh, and, and you'll need either CV or, you know, I'm saying this right because I always get the sweater mixed up with it, the double carton. Is that, you got it right. You got it right. Yeah. Uh, what was I calling it before? A cardigan? Cardigan? I think it was cardigan. Yeah, <laughs> which is not right. <laughs> I, th- I think uh, I think somebody having a sweater wrapped around the drive shaft would be funny. Anyway, uh, so get you a double carton uh, drive shaft uh, after installing the SYE, and and I would recommend you know getting it as as quickly as you can because you're not going anywhere unless it's going to be front wheel drive uh <laughs> only which people do do whenever they're uh when they really have to go and uh, go someplace in their jeep and uh, they don't have the rear drive shaft for one reason or another so uh now i'm going to caution you you may need to change the uh axle pinion angle to match the angle of the transfer case shaft now what the hell does that mean well whenever you go with a double carton uh you are going to have to have um the the same angle uh, that's going into the back of the transfer case and then coming out of the yoke on your axle. Those two have to be within, I believe it was six degrees of, uh, of one another so that it will, I mean, make it zero, make them both the same. And it's yeah. going to be, it's really going to be nice. Uh, and what that does is it keeps all those U joints, everything in line where it needs to be. And now, uh, you can, um, I'm thinking about this. I think I'm wrong about that. I think actually the axle has to point to uh, the transfer case, right? You want your basically you, the, the pinion of your axle to be pointing at the output shaft of your transfer case, and vice versa. You want the right. transfer case uh, pinion to be pointing towards that that uh, uh, that that pinion as well. Uh, and it's all because of those angles. And there's only two ways to accomplish that. Tony talked about one earlier, and that's dropping the trans uh, dropping the transfer case, uh, right. putting a transfer case drop on there, or shimming the axle. And what I actually had to do, and I didn't realize this until I, I put the SYE in and I was getting a lot of vibrations, and I was really s- concerned. I didn't know why. And I got to, got to thinking about it. The leaf springs that I got came with shims, and they were shimmed for a non-SYE setup. Oh. So when I started checking the angles, and I actually think I took a string, one of those bright uh, fluorescent strings, mm-hmm. and stuck it between so I could get a, a good visual of where the angle was uh it dawned on me i removed the shims and it put it in perfect uh, alignment <laughs> so actually i think i had like six degree shims or something in there from that came with the the leaf spring so remove those vibrations went away it was a uh, smooth sailing from from there on out and luckily i did it quickly and didn't uh, potentially do a lot of uh, long-term uh use and damage of uh, the u-joints so, uh, as I mentioned before about Tom Woods, you can get your SYE and custom drive shaft from Tom Woods Custom Drive Shaft. So, it's a sponsor uh, of this podcast and what I personally used on my 1998 Jeep Cherokee. I've been using it daily for over five years. It's probably closer to seven, really. Uh, and had had and I've had zero issues with the SYE. And this is the short shaft that goes into the NP242. This is not a hack and tap, folks. 
So, I mean, it, I broke the case open, replaced the main shaft, uh, sent all those uh, good uh, used parts to uh, Tom Wood so that they could uh, uh, make use of those and uh, got a nice little refund for sending those parts in too. So, um, <laughs> many of you know that I'm impatiently waiting for my advanced adapters Atlas two-speed transfer case and shortly after getting it and installing it, I'll be sending me- my new measurements to Tom Wood's custom drive shafts for not one, but two custom drive shafts. I mean, if you're going to go all the way with an Atlas, why wouldn't you go all the way with the best drive shafts out there? Don't you agree, Josh? I certainly do. I, uh, in fact, when I did my slip yoke uh, eliminator, I had a drive line. I'm going to say I didn't have one built custom. I had one modified custom. Um, and then uh, I built it up myself a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of part of the process, you know, when you're doing an SYE, the driveline considerations all got to be taken, uh, you know, got to take those into consideration as well. Um, and that's a perfect time to start doing some upgrades, upgrade that driveline diameter, get some bigger U joints in there, you know, that sort of stuff. Cause you know, there is going to be a time, uh, if you get into some serious wheeling that you're going to start busting U joints. Yeah. Oh, and thanks to Tom, he actually recommended going to a 1350, uh, U joint on the rear drive shaft. God, and, uh, that yoke is huge. Yeah, it's nice. And, uh, I already got the, uh, already got the yoke in, so I'm ready to go with that and, uh, looking forward to just looking forward to the whole thing. And, uh, you know, there, you're going to get into a situation where you have to play around with things, uh, because, uh, like, you know, Josh was just saying, like I was telling you about the, the angle not being quite right. Uh, and, uh, that's the thing about touching things. When you touch things, you have a, <laughs> you have a t- t- potential of making them better, uh, or making them worse, but to stick with it, work through the problem and, uh, you will be very proud of you, how your Jeep performs mm-hmm. and proud that you're the one that made it perform that way. And there's so much information out there that's available online. It really it's, is. Uh, it makes it yeah. a lot simpler these days uh, because there's so many folks willing to help you out. So we'll continue with some Cherokee love next week. And uh, we, uh, I think I'm going to talk about toe points, Josh. You just really can't talk enough about toe points because, you know, once you get your SYE on there and your big tires and your lift and all the rest of those things, and it's nice and smooth riding, well, you got to take it out on the trails, right? You got to get it out on the rocks or do something with it, and you're going to get stuck. So. Yeah. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You're going to get stuck. So don't be like Tammy. <laughs> Make some plans so uh, people can get you off uh, and out of there uh, quickly and easily without any uh, yanking and tugging on your suspension. A good time to say don't wheel without a buddy. Oh, yeah, very much so. Well, Tammy ran into that last week, didn't she? Uh-huh. She she talked about being out on the trail, and they came upon somebody that was wheeling by themselves, and they were uh, balls deep in some mud. Oh, I oh mean, boy. they were deep in that <laughs> stuff. Well, well, I'm glad to see somebody's able to drive their Jeep. I see. <laughs> well, you can start it. I mean, that's... Uh, oh, yes, I can. Actually, can. I did. I did, too. Just the other day, I went out there. I was like, ah, it's been a couple of weeks. I better go fire this up. Well, <laughs> you need to keep those batteries, or the, the battery, I guess. You need to keep it charged because of what happened to your other two. I've got a uh, I've got a, a battery tender on on uh, on this one now, so that that's not going to happen. Okay. Uh, and I certainly don't plan on on this thing sitting for two years again. So uh, yeah, <laughs> but the progress is slow. Um, uh, it, it's it's very slow going when you're working on two transfer cases at once. Um, doing a full disassembly on one is is work unto itself. But when you have to multiply that amount of work 
times two and encounter the same sort of problems on, you know, both. It's just, what are you yeah. doing? Why are you working well, on so, two of them? So, um, my original transfer case, the one where, uh, my original 242, where I took the output shaft out, brought it into my work and modified it on a lathe. Oh, son That's of the internals that I want to use. Yeah. The donor 242 transfer case that is in the Jeep, well, not that was in the Jeep, that's on my workbench right now. Well, it's in parts all over the workbench, but um, uh, that one it wasn't modified uh, quite as well. I could tell that the that where they um, where they tapped that out that that output shaft was not exactly on center. Yeah. I don't think they went deep enough. The the um, the, the the flange yoke or the yoke flange was um, was bolted on there with several washers, which I didn't realize until. After I had um, uh, pulled this thing apart, wait a minute. Um, Say that which, again. What what was washered up? So okay. So the two forty two. In order to do a, a a slip yoke limiter on that, you have two options. One is to go the route that you did, spend eight hundred some odd dollars, <laughs> and get a replacement <laughs> shaft directly from Tom Woods. Because I'm worth or it. Or you can or you can modify it yourself. Right. Basically doing the exact same thing that he was doing, cutting off the shaft, machining the end. Tapping it and putting a a, flan, a a true yoke on the end of that, and basically that's that's what's been done to mine. Um, mine was done with a lathe on you know machine work basically. Right. This guy, I think he just did it underneath his Jeep with with a drill. Yeah, you or put something it, like that. You, you put it in drive <laughs> and <laughs> let the thing spin. <laughs> so it, it you know, not not quite that simple. Well, I don't think he drilled deep enough, uh, and he okay. certainly didn't. Oh, the washers! The washers would to, to, to take up the the space because it slack would because it was bottoming it out. Okay, right, right. So uh, another reason why I don't want to use that output shaft. So um, all those reasons combined make me just leaning very strongly towards okay, I want to use the internals out of my old case, not out of this donor case. So the full disassembly, I've got to take apart that case. I got to get everything out of it. And, 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 you know, pull it apart and all that. But I also have to do that to my other case as well. So everything has to get disassembled and, you know, in the process of rebuilding parts as I, as I go and whatnot. So it's just, it's lengthy because it's work times two. I don't know why you just didn't take the shaft out of the, uh, the one that you machined or use that machine, that shaft. And I don't know why you build in two cases. I'm not building two cases. I'm I'm taking one. I'm taking two apart and building one. All right. Well, I feel better about that. Have you thought about <laughs> buying a third one? Yeah, just have you to... thought about buying an Atlas, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't take the weight. Uh, it's uh, I need instant gratification. Yes, yes. I I know what you mean. I'm really looking forward to uh, to having that uh, those two sticks in there. And you know, I was thinking the other day. Um, I've got several. Uh, I've got two uh, front drive shafts. Uh, and, uh, since I'm going to be, well, the plan is, is that I'm going to get a, a brand new, uh, properly, uh, proper length, um, uh, 1350 drive shaft to go on the rear, but, uh, I'm taking the old rear drive shaft that I have now, the Tom Woods drive shaft that I have now, and I'm going to be shipping that to Tom and then giving him the, the length from the the front of the Atlas to the Dana 30, the high pinion Dana 30 on my my Cherokee, and then he's going to take that one and 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 rebuild it to the right length, and then rebuild all the you know put on all new universal joints and anything else that needs to be replaced, and I'm going to talk to him about painting it red, and then. Uh, <laughs> 
they they paint them black. Maybe they got well, some red. Qu- question: Are are, are you going to have him do the thirteen fifty joints on the front drive shaft as that well? Wasn't, no, I asked him about that. That was not his suggestion. He said uh, thirteen fifty on the rear, thirteen ten on front. Because <sighs> I thought about I, I that. Don't, I don't. I don't like that, and here's why: because right now the way you have it set up, in in a worst case scenario you could take the front drive shaft off and put it in the rear. Well, I was Once, I was actually getting to that. Oh, oh okay. Well, by but, all means, I'm not going to no, poop on your point. So. But because with the Atlas, I can put it in front-wheel drive effectively. I can put the rear in neutral, and mm-hmm. I can put the front in you know four high or whatever it's called. So uh, I, 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 I understand what you're saying. I love that idea on the hack and taps where you just use a front drive shaft for the rear drive shaft. At least that's what I always read about. And I thought, how great is this? Because you got the same drive shaft front and rear. So you can always take the front one off and put it on the rear if you, if you lose the rear one. And I think the rear one sees the most, the most uh, action or the most damage. Mm-hmm. So that's the one that's most likely to, to crap out on you or, or to get bent whenever you put it on a rock. But uh, no, I agree. It would be nice to have the same drive shaft front and rear, but they're going to be different lengths anyway. Um, but uh, as long as you're not articulating, it could be argued that you shouldn't have to worry about the length as much, as long as it's just you know within that uh, that slip yoke's uh, ability to to take up the space. But anyway, so uh, yeah, I mean uh, it's going to be cool having those two sticks, and uh, I figure what I'll do is since I have a spare, uh, I'll have two front drive shafts, uh, even though. The rear drive shaft will be being off, uh, sent off to Tom Woods for them to rework it, and I'll be waiting for the, the 1350 drive shaft to come in. I'll have those two rear drive shafts, and I figure worst case is I can put in the front drive shaft between the uh, Atlas and the Dana 30, and I can at least move it around in the driveway. I might, I might even be able to, to drive it around more than that, but I'm, I'm really going to try not to. Yeah, I, I there was a, a time when I was waiting for my uh, rear drive shaft to get finished where, I mean, and this was my daily driver at the time, um, and so I was driving my Jeep for almost a week in front-wheel drive. How was that? Uh, did, it, did it have that weird feel, that real, weird pull feel like you feel on yeah, front-wheel well, drive? Yes, especially because the front end has a, a lunchbox locker in it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that it, would it be was, different. <laughs> it was a little interesting um, at, at times. But, uh, you know, did I like doing it? Absolutely not. Did I keep my speed low? Yes, to the uh, to the detriment of a lot of people behind me. Um, but, <laughs> you know. Well, that's what the fast lane's do what you got to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! I'm in front wheel drive. Well, I'm in a front wheel drive. Well, I'm not supposed to be though. I'm yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I just love that. Uh, I love having uh, options, uh, and I love having a Jeep that uh, that you have options with. I mean, sometimes they're dead, and and there's not much of an option. But uh, just the idea that you can put in a transfer case, and uh, you can you can pick. Uh, I want to use the front. I want to use the rear, and. I don't know if that would actually benefit you off-road, but I can think that maybe in some situations it might. Maybe lock Absolutely. the rear wheels and drag the thing around, and you don't want it to be uh, – you don't want power going back there. You just want it on the front. So yeah, Call a front dig, yep, and, then, okay. and that will that can come in handy. Um, but, yeah, you're going to have plenty of options uh, messing with those twin sticks. I'm sure we're going to you know hear stories of your, of your wife. Tony, come back in from the driveway. Quit playing with your sticks. <laughs> Oh, and uh, update. Uh, I've uh, I've called them twice now, uh, and uh, just twice. Have you? I, just, that's just really twice? just real, seriously, just twice. 
<laughs> and uh well one of them was to to talk to steve over there to, to about doing apologize a, about for, doing for a, killing one of their employees about yeah. doing an interview here on the show <laughs> uh but uh, uh it's funny you get to you get to talking to those folks about their jeeps and they just go they just go jeepy on you you know oh i did this and and, and i'm still i think it's scott that i spoke with uh the the time i was calling to get the the may 15th date and uh, Scott, you owe me uh, pictures of uh, having your uh, 97 plus Cherokee out there on the rocks in front of uh, advanced adapters. By Is the that way. the guy with the uh, with the white the Cherokee? white one? Yeah, the one. Oh he, man, you the, you so, you the rat me on some pictures. Yeah, the no, rat thanks. bastard that bought <laughs> the two wheel, just really great shape two wheel drive Jeep Cherokee 97 plus. Oh, wait, actually, I think it is a 98. And uh, got it for a hundred dollars, Josh. Yeah, when, when you said you got to go check out this guy's hundred dollar Jeep, I'm thinking, oh great, I'm gonna go see another jalopy. <laughs> it's, it's not gonna yeah. have a straight panel on it. It's gonna be seven colors. Beautiful. It's gonna have an eight inch lift with twenty seven inch tires. It's you know, it's it's gonna be just hideous. And I find I find this guy's Jeep, and it's freaking immaculate. Yeah. So I got I got to give that guy props and kudos, man. He's he's built himself a decent Jeep. Did uh, you, you saw? I'm sure you saw the one ton uh, axle. Uh, I'm sorry, the one ton uh, steering setup he had on there. Uh, and apparently they do have a forklift at uh, Advanced Adapters because he was <laughs> yeah, using that to flex. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think I said this on another show, but he told me that the first thing he did was in his two wheel drive Cherokee. The first thing, the first major modification that he did was he dropped in an Atlas two speed. In a two-wheel drive Cherokee. <laughs> Planning for the future. Yeah. Planning for the future. <laughs> he goes, but you know, you work at a, a, at a group with a lot of guys, a lot of engineers uh, giving you crap about stuff. Well, can you imagine oh, yeah. working at advanced adapters and having a... <laughs> you drive two-wheel drive? Get out of here, boy. We don't need your kind. <laughs> anyway, great conversation with uh, with both those folks. But anyway, May 15th, that's the, the point I was I was trying to make was... Uh, yes, Scott, it says here on your application and resume that you're a four-wheel drive expert. Uh, we went out into the parking lot and saw that your Jeep is two-wheel drive <laughs> and sorry. determined that was a lie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, April 15th is the day that it's supposed to be completed. And uh, then... It'll be another uh, two to three weeks after that to get shipped. Three to four uh, days, you rat bastard. <laughs> between uh when they uh ship it out and when it would arrive in texas so uh and no i didn't uh, uh take the bait and uh, give them your address josh so i'm smarter <laughs> than that <laughs> hey guys let's talk about some events that are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation hey happening uh, may 18th through the 20th a whole weekend long event we have the overland expo west over 325 exhibitors, over 175 specialized classes to take, hundreds of on-site experts to answer any and all questions about overlanding. You can join thousands of like-minded off-road-loving overlanders from all over the world at Overland Expo West. It's happening May 18th through the 20th, Fort Toothill County Park in Flagstaff, Arizona. Uh, we will have the link to that show on the uh, show notes for link to that show yeah, at the show notes for this episode. Uh, we have the Panama, Panama City Jeep Beach Jam happening May 15th through the 20th. Week-long event, guys. Uh, Panama City Beach, Florida. This thing has gotten huge. Uh, just in the first couple few years, guys, this thing has gone from 900 Jeeps to well over 1,200. And you heard uh, earlier in the podcast, they're expecting over 2,000 this year and uh, plan on breaking a Guinness Book World's record. So if you're anywhere within the Panama City Beach Florida area, uh, get down there and get jeepy with this. It should be really cool. 
be a part of history, guys. Um, happening June 1st through the 3rd, Silver Lake Sand Dunes Jeep Invasion uh, happening in Silver Lake, Michigan. The only dunes that you can drive a Jeep on east of the Mississippi. So this is kind of a big deal. They're going to have live bands, a bunch of kids activities, show and shine, demo track, and a lot more. Uh, be sure to check them out, slsdjeepinvasion.com, and we will have a link to that as well. And I think that we are going to have a friend of the show at that event as well. Is that right, Tony? Yeah, I think Gina uh, is uh, at that event every year. So I'm uh, looking forward to seeing some uh, photos and s- hearing some information from uh, Gina. Oh, very good. Nom news there, guys. Yeah, nom uh, news. And, and of course, uh, we have the, uh, well, Jeeps at the Beach, Texas. Uh, we heard about them earlier. And Coastal Bend Crawlers presenting the Matagorda Beach Run. Uh, this is happening June 9th, uh, 10 a.m. Uh, at Matagorda Beach in Bay City. Uh, for more information on this, we'll have the link. Uh, they got a Facebook group all set up for that. And the links to any of these uh, any of these events, you can always find them for the show uh, in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com. I just mentioned I really love it that you guys are uh, reaching out to us and giving us all this information about where people can uh, uh, not only go off-road but go to some of these events. And uh, as we were mentioning earlier in the interview, uh, great charitable events that are going on, which uh, yeah. I think Jeepers are very well known for uh, their charity. So uh, keep those uh, events coming in, and uh, we'll get them here. And if we get too many of them, we'll at least have them in our show notes. So be sure to go over to jeeptalkshow.com, and you can see all these, uh, get all this information and links there in our show notes. Well, hey, do you know of an off-road event coming up? Well, shoot us an email with some details. Like Tony said, have you been to a Jeep event recently? Well, we'd love to hear from you see how that went we'll just go to our contact page at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how to reach out to us and of course if you need a voice for your product or your business you're doing some training seminars anything like that check out my professional voiceover services at thevoiceofjosh.com how about elevator work you ever do any elevator work i've done some old school telephony work some phone tree stuff which was uh, not fun (laughs) (laughs) that's it for this week guys until next week be sure to follow friend like subscribe and above all else be sure to tell a friend about the one and only jeep talk show So no matter where you're wheeling, if you pack it in, pack it out. And don't wheel where you're not supposed to. Remember to always tread lightly. If you'd like to learn more about the Tread Lightly principles, head over to www.treadlightly.org. Attention. If you, a loved one, or somebody you know has been diagnosed with the Jeep Talk Show, you may be entitled to financial compensation. The Jeep (laughs) Talk Show is a serious condition, and help is available for those who suffer. Call now to find out more. Operators are standing by. (laughs) I'm guessing since 2010. Jeep Talk Show is sponsored in part by Tom Woods Custom Drive Shafts. For over 20 years, Tom Woods is providing Tom Woods is oh, I see. For over 20 years, Tom Woods has been been providing it's just words, Tony. You want me to read it? <laughs> no, damn it. I, like I've said before, I got to learn. Hey, I got this. I got this. For over 20 years, Tom Woods has been providing the off-road industry with some of the strongest, most durable <laughs> They're moist. Yeah, you read it. <laughs> Today's Jeep Talk Show is... Well, now you got me doing it. <laughs> <laughs>